Woo-wee. Put your cowboy hat on. We're taking everybody down to hill country today. Here we go to the hills. We're going to take everybody to the hills. We're going to go to a place that has the world's largest wildflower farm. Oh, you going to pick me some flowers there? Yes. And also there's a humongous rock that a very famous Texas ranger held off a band of Comanche Indians for three hours. Oh, interesting. I'm, I want to learn about this rock. Where are we taking everybody? We're going to Fredericksburg, Texas. Put your boots on. Here we go. Did you know that 46 million Americans plan to take an RV trip in the next 12 months? 90% of recreational vehicle owners take three or more mini vacations every year. Welcome to the RV Destinations Podcast. If it's RV travel, we're talking about it. From campgrounds to museums to national and state parks, kayaking and hiking opportunities. One of the most fun and pleasurable things you can do is just hit the road. So be ready to be inspired. Welcome in to the RV Destinations Podcast. Now your host, President Randy Beheimer and Editor-in-Chief Callie Beheimer. Hello and welcome to the RV Destinations Podcast. This is the podcast series where we talk about everything RV related, where you want to take your family and why you want to go. My name is Randy Beheimer, and I'm the president of RV Destinations Magazine. I'm here with a lovely hubba hubba <laughs> wife, Callie Beheimer. You can't even say it with a straight face. And it's so funny. You know why he wanted to introduce today? Specifically because we just came off the Hershey RV show, and we had some listeners of the podcast talk about how much they cracked up over my introductions of Randy. So we sit down today. He's like, I'm doing the introduction. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We, we did have somebody come up to our booth and said, I recognize the voice. And then uh, he said he listens to the show all the time. And, and and he said he cracks up every time we talk, we do the introductions. And I said, well, I've been trying to put this to bed for a long, long time <laughs> because I literally get embarrassed. I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying that to say that. I I I, I I don't blush easy, but my you gosh. Blush. It was... It's so cute. And I had a really good one saved up for you today. But don't worry, I'll break it out another time. Well, and here we are mentioning all this again. And I we're making know. it a big deal. It's a so thing. I, we I... can't not unthing <laughs> it now. It's a thing. It's going to go away soon, eventually. But anyway, I'm <laughs> nope. here with my lovely wife, Callie Beheimer. We're going to discuss a very, very cool place in yeah. Texas. Um, today, we're going to talk about Fredericksburg, Texas. We love it. We've been there a couple of times. And I'm going to tell you all about it. But, uh, we, yeah, we're just coming off the Hershey, Pennsylvania RV show. Oh, and we're, personally, like, I am still riding that high. It was an in, just an incredible experience. So not only getting to meet new folks, new subscribers, getting our name out there, but we had several subscribers and several podcast listeners stop by and say hi. And it was just, it was so awesome to to meet you all. Like, Thank you. I, I I seriously can't say that enough. Thank you so much for supporting us and this dream that we have, and that this that the dream is is happening. Yeah, we had one specific uh, uh, subscriber that subscribed subscribed to the print version of our magazine that mm -hmm. came up and spent probably about fifteen twenty minutes uh, telling least, us how much he yeah. loved the magazine and. And just, uh, you know, I asked him some feedback, like, how did our poly bags, our, you know, so all our magazines come in a bag uh, to try to protect the magazine so it gets to you nice and clean and as it was meant to be. And, and I asked him how the poly bags, and we've been testing different poly bags out, and he just, 
He just said that really means a lot to him because he could see how much we care about it and really care what the end result is coming to the subscribers. So, and then he followed it up with an email the following day saying, "Thank uh, you know, I'd love to you know thank you for spending time with me and really glad I got to meet you." And he's going to look forward to all the new issues. So, I know it was exciting. It just it reconfirms to us that we're doing the right thing. We're we're giving you all what we had hoped you wanted, because this is what we have always wanted as our viewers. This is what we we had talked about years ago of wanting something like this in our hands that just didn't exist, which is why we created it so that we could get it into your hands because we really felt like this was something that people were absolutely going to love. And you're confirming that. So thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. And thank it was you. also very nice to talk to some of the uh, podcast listeners who are not necessarily yeah. subscribers of the magazine, but it was nice to hear it. Here, uh, you know, we talked to at least two or three uh-huh. podcast listeners that said they enjoy the show. And I so. think personally, we're incredibly entertaining, but you know, that's me. I, you know, I'm, I am sitting here drinking some wine. Um, so things definitely become more entertaining when I have a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, and we got to meet a lot of our partners as well. Um, you know, we're we're real. We've got a real good relationship with RV Life, and mm-hmm. I know we hosted them on an episode a few episodes ago. And and really, honestly, it's a great technology. And we brought them on not because uh, you know we do have an affiliate relationship with them, but I don't care if you use our affiliate code or not. I'm not right. worried about the money. Uh, what we're worried about is bringing you products that we think that you can really use while you're traveling out there and, and you know, getting you to the destination. So uh, we got to meet a lot of the uh, top executives uh, at RV Life. And uh, we also got to meet uh, Danny and Patty mm-hmm. at RV Life Podcast. We want to give them a shout out because shout out. they've got a great podcast. If you're not listening to their podcast, you should uh, dial in. They talk about all different types of things, mm-hmm. uh, RV related. So. Uh, but anyway, and we got to meet Harvest Host and a bunch of other, uh, bunch of other partners that we like to partner up with. Yeah, and not that it's going to come to fruition anytime soon. I get to, got to go RV shopping, which was amazing. Oh my gosh! Oh, I the brochures that I have, the business cards that I have. But it, it, you know, it's incredible to go to a show like this, as big as Hershey's RV show is, and see all of. The, this year's new models, all the changes that were made, and just everything's right there. It's side by side. So you can literally get your list, run from coach to coach or fifth wheel to fifth wheel or pull behind, but hold, pull behind and, and take your notes and see what is going to work best for you and your family. So if you've not attended one of these big shows before, go because they're they're fun. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely and I fun. see you over there he has Randy literally has like a handful of business cards from the RV show that you're yeah like, I was looking for one through. specifically but oh, okay. but yeah it's it's so cool because they I, I don't know how many units they are the largest RV show and, and when they say the largest it doesn't mean by attendance it means by how many RVs they have mm-hmm. uh, at the show and so if you're wanting to uh, if you're new to RVing or you're looking to upgrade your RV, the Hershey's a great one. We, we understand the Tampa one's amazing too, yeah. so we're not trying to downplay that one. But the Hershey was amazing. There was a lot of lot of uh, uh, coaches. So we we've been in the market. Uh, um, we're in. The, we'll say we're in the we're slow in the process stages of doing of our due looking. diligence. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we so they had Tiffin there, which we we were looking at the Allegro bus, and when, shout out to Mark uh, with Tiffin. Thanks thank for spending you, so much time oh with us. Oh my gosh, you were amazing. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, if you're listening out there, thank you so much for spending so much time and answering all our dumb questions. Uh, American Coach was there. Winnebago was there. Um, Newmar was there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Integra. Integra was there. And we, mm-hmm. we pretty much walked through most all of them. We did. We to did. To try to make sure, you know, when you're going to spend that kind of money, 
you know, especially when you get to the motorhome level and you're you're putting, you know, you're buying a motorhome that costs more than most homes. Oh, yeah. You want to make sure you do your due diligence. So absolutely, um, and I think you should do your due diligence on any camper or RV that you buy because there are so many manufacturers and so many different selections and and choices and things that are available. You can absolutely find one that checks all the boxes. And that's what's so great about doing one of these shows. I feel like we've turned into a big commercial for Hershey. And and that was definitely not even planned or on purpose. Should we send them a bill? We should. We should. We'll see if they pay it. I doubt it, but we can try. Yeah. Now, we've got a real close relationship with the Pennsylvania... Um, PRVCA. Rec- yeah, Pennsylvania Recreation Vehicle... Association, C-C-A-C-A? I think. C-A-C-A? So, Campers like that. Association? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we got a good relate. It's so good we it's can't so remember their name. It's so good we don't remember the name of their acronym. <laughs> no, well, well, I mean, we've got the PA Camping Association, yes. too, that we're real close. Uh, we do a lot of joint marketing with them, and uh, uh, there are a bunch of good guys there, and then the PRVCA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we, we love Pennsylvania. I don't mind plugging Hershey because it was, it was a good show. It was, so, it was. So we, we did sign our contract for next year. So if you're, you're, you know, September rolls around, come out and see us next year. And we, we promised everybody that walked up to us and told us they were a podcast listener or a subscriber, we'd give them a gift. And mm-hmm. we did. We did. We did. Gave out quite a few shirts and mm-hmm. coffee mugs and. And little wine tumblers and. Yeah, all kinds of fun yeah, stuff. So it's great to meet all of you. But today, today we're not talking about all that fun stuff. No. We're talking about Hill Country. Fredericksburg. Oh my gosh. So we have Randy had been to Fredericksburg previously, but I think it was only for like a day or two. You really didn't kind yes, of venture out of correct. the main downtown area. And he and I had drove through Fredericksburg multiple times going to different destinations in Texas. Well, we're going from Austin out to El Paso, uh, okay. and you pretty much have to go straight through Fredericksburg. Right. It's a small, small little city. It's um, a little German town. I mean... West of Austin. It's, yeah. I, I can't remember, like an hour and a half. I feel like it was an hour and a half west of Austin. I don't know. I, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's pretty accurate. But I had begged, begged Randy to take me back. Take me there because surrounding Fredericksburg is wine country, like over a hundred different wineries and vineyards dot these hills all around Fredericksburg. And when we were there, just more and more and more were being added and built and established. So this is kind of like the Napa Valley of Texas. Yeah, so that that actually is one of the fun facts here. I might as well say it here because oh, it yeah, seems like the right. Facts. Well, we don't have to necessarily jump in, but it, th- that is one of them. There's not many here, but Texas is the nation's fifth largest wine producer, and Hill Country produces over forty percent of Texas wines there. Wow. So, Fredericksburg boasts thirty wineries, um, and but you can shorten your visit list to fifteen by just following Route Two Ninety, which goes from Johnson City to Fredericksburg, and there's. 15 uh, wineries right on that one single road. Wow. And we did, we did, we're going to talk about that a little bit yes. later. We, we did a wine tour there and, and I'm not a wine drinker. I'm more of a bourbon drinker, mm-hmm. but I drank the wine with her. I was a teammate. You were, you and, were a trooper. I probably drank a little bit more than you. Well, by the time <laughs> we were done, did. by the time we were done, we, we were walking back to the campground. Yes. So, uh, but yeah. So you want to jump into the fun facts? Yeah. Let's share some fun facts with us. Okay. And like I said, I really had a hard time finding uh, a lot of fun facts. You know, that th- there is, uh, a lot of Civil War, um, mm-hmm. a couple Civil War battles here, and I don't want to go into those, but uh, uh, the main one, uh, of course, it's wine country, as we said. We already talked about that one, but it also boasts the world's largest wildflower farm. 
Yeah, and don't talk too much about that because that is kind of ish on the list. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it boasts that. And one of the one of the things I just got done reading the uh, book Empire of the Sun, and I think I've mentioned that on. Oh yeah. One of the and it's about the Comanche Indians, and uh, actually it. it um, um, you know, in that book, they talked about Enchanted Rock, and we're mm-hmm. going to talk a lot about Enchanted Rock on, you know, one of our top tens here. But Jack, Captain Jack Hayes was this famous Texas Ranger. If you're from Texas, I know you've heard of Jack Hayes. Uh, he was like the leading Texas Ranger who really put the program together. And, and it kind of went in the book about him and how he became famous and all that. <clears throat> but he was with several of his comrades or companions, whatever you want to call them, and they were near this Enchanted Rock, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And he got separated from his group in this band of Comanche Indians. Now, now, mind you, the Comanche Indians are the fiercest of all the Indian tribes. They are, they are brutal. Yeah. I mean, they are absolutely brutal. And, they, and that's their country right there, Texas, northern Texas, mm-hmm. and the Panhandle, hill country and all that. It's kind of their, that's their land. But he got separated from them, and he held off this band of Comanche Indians with one single rifle. And I, I think... Uh, I think he had a side pistol or something for three hours. Jeez. Until his companions heard the gunfire and then they came over and then they helped join in and basically scared off the Indians or, or they ran off, whatever be the case. But yeah. that's really what, what's really cool about that story is I read that in the book prior to, uh, um, you know, coming on this podcast. Uh, and so I, so I knew that occurred there. So anyway, Captain Jack Hayes, and um, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Enchanted mm-hmm. Rock in the top 10. So. Very interesting. Yep, yep. And then let's see. What? Let me look through here again. I really was struggling to find a lot of fun old facts. Uh, it's home to the Stellar National Museum of Pacific War. Mm-hmm. So a- Admiral uh, Chester Nimitz, um, w- which was the commander-in-chief of the U.S. Pacific Fleet, was born in Fredericksburg, and that's kind of why the museum is there. Uh, and if you you know anything, if you're in the Navy and or don't dig too much in, okay. she doesn't <laughs> let me dig into anything. But if if you um, if you're familiar with the Navy, if you're familiar with some of the aircraft carriers, they have a Nimitz class uh, aircraft carrier, and that was named after Admiral uh, Chester Nimitz. And we'll talk a little bit more about the National Museum of the Pacific War in our top ten here. But that's really uh, uh, it, it's a big um, the, uh, Lyndon Johnson, right? The President yes. Lyndon Johnson's mm-hmm. from. Uh, just outside, outside of Fredericksburg, it's Johnson City. I think they, of course, I don't know if it's no, it's you. it's not. And we're going to talk about that too. So I'm just going to. Wow, you're just like shutting down all, my all my top shutting ten. Shutting her down. Okay, well, they, well, that's about all for the fun facts. Apparently, <laughs> Callie shut me down. I'm it, shutting you down. And today, today, it's, today you got just Callie and I. Uh, so just the two of us. That, that, we can make it if we try. Just I don't know. You're going to sing that song. Two, well, the two of us, just you and I. Okay. It kind of went with what you were saying. All right, well, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. So we're going to start off at number 10, and Randy was just talking about this, and this is Visit a Sleeping Beast. <laughs> and this is, it's about 30 minutes north of Fredericksburg, and this behemoth of a beast rises up 425 feet into the air and covers 640 acres. And they call it, I think it's pronounced, it's going to be super fun if I get it right or wrong, a, a monadoc. Nope, wait, there's another N. A monadnock. A monadnock? A monadnock. A monadnock. A monadnock. Yeah. What does it mean? It means this is a gigantic granite boulder 
Um, and the reason why they call it this Monandanak <laughs> is because <laughs> it seemingly just pops up out of the, the surrounding landscape. Like there's no other landscape there that would tell you this big, huge pink slab of granite belongs there, but it is. And this is um, the enchanted rock that Randy was just talking about. And there's, it's, it's really, really cool. So it's the enchanted rock state park. And there are so many stories around this enchanted rock. It is said to be like, it, it well, enchanted that has magical powers. There's been like stories of people disappearing off the rock only to be transported through a portal and reappear a few days later. Um, there's other stories of spirits haunting the rocks. Um, Randy talked about the Comanche. So there's a story of a chief's daughter who was sacrificed, um, who a- apparently still roams the rock. Uh, there were warriors that were killed by a rival tribe. And apparently you can still hear the screams of a white woman who escaped a tribe. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and she sought safety on this rock. And then what's really cool is like when you're out visiting this rock, you can actually heard like creaking and groaning and snapping and popping. And you heard that? Well, we didn't, but I was going to say we climbed it. I don't remember that. Yeah, but I heard me huffing. Oh, all kinds of huffing. And we'll talk about that too. Uh, But yeah, the rock is just, it's a, like it's it's a rock, so it expands and creaks and groans and uh, changes in temperature cause that to happen, which was kind of cool. But it, it's a really it's kind of neat because as as you're driving to this place, you're again and you're you're in hill country. So imagine these just beautiful kind of like slow rolling hills, you know, nothing huge, nothing small, just beautiful little rolling hills and. You're driving this road and kind of zigzagging left and right. And then, boom, all of a sudden, there's this big old massive pink granite rock. Seemingly. Is it a Mondanak? It's a Mondanak. <laughs> Seriously, it is the cra- craziest spelling. I don't even know how to pronounce it. M-O-N-A-D-N-O-C-K. Monadnock. Monadnock. Yeah, I'm going to hurt myself. Um, But yeah, so it is there. And there's several things you can do at the state park. And one of them is climbing up. We're just going to call it the big giant rock. Um, They have about 11 miles of hiking trails that surround and cross this big old rock, including kind of smaller rocks around it. The most popular trail is the Summit Trail. And uh, Randy and I did do that. The trailhead is a little challenging to locate, but you you can you can get to it. So you it's at the east end of the parking lot. There's a gazebo. Directly behind the gazebo is where the trailhead starts. And literally, your goal is just to go up. So follow any path that takes you up. And it is a pretty steep up. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's 425 feet up. So you're going to ascend 425 feet. Um, But I mean, it's it's pretty steep. So this is for somebody who definitely can physically handle this type of hike. One at the top, if you remember, you had pretty high winds because you're pretty much there was nothing stopping the wind there. You were down in a canyon, what I remembered, because didn't we drive down? Into it to find Ever the rock. I'm pretty so sure. Slightly, yeah. I'm pretty sure we did. So, so I'm reading here on uh, Texas uh, uh, State Parks.gov that 
Humans have been in the area for about 12,000 years. There's over 400 archaeological sites in the park. They're all protected, and 120 of them are designated state archaeological landmarks. Uh, more than 250,000 people trek to this park every year uh, to experience the magic of enchanted rock. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so, so the thing I had uh, said it's a batholith, uh, which basically a batholith is just an underground exposed rock formation. Yeah. An underground exposed. I feel like that's an oxymoron. Yeah, no, it's an I, underground no I understand exposed. that, but I, I'm reading this, and this is from Seven Things to Know Before You Visit Fredericksburg and Hill Country. It says, Enchanted Rock is the nation's second largest batholith. So what is a batholith, you ask? An underground exposed rock formation. <laughs> that cracks me up. It's an underground exposed. It says, about 17 miles north of Fredericksburg, the enormous pink granite dome that is Enchanted Rock will wow those who come to visit uh, that have wowed those who have came to visit um, since the era of the Native Americans who attribute magical and spiritual properties to the formation. Rising 420 feet above the surrounding countryside, Enchanted Rock isn't an easy climb to those Ew. to the top. It's steep, but fortunately not slippery, especially when wet. Uh, don't expect to find marked trails on the ascent. Or benches to sit and rest either. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you just sit your butt on the right, rock. Right, exactly. You just pop a squat where you are. It's it's rock. Yeah, it's I solid. Think, <laughs> I think you and I stopped and took pictures on the way up. We did several times. And, and I mean, it, it's beautiful. Like, when you get up to the top, you get to see all of the surrounding hill country, which is just beautiful. Texas hill country is beautiful. Yeah, so if you, if you have a smaller RV, um, and I'm thinking like teardrop or pop-up or... Or even some of the smaller bumper pulls. I'm not sure about fifth wheel, but uh, there there are campsites right mm-hmm. there at the Enchanted Rock that you can stay at. I'm not sure how large they can accommodate, but it looked like it was pretty small. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if they had many amenities. I'm looking through my I'm looking through my notes here. Yeah, because there's one there's um, one trail that hikes completely around the rock, and we we did that one, or oh, we started hang on that. On, one. so it says there are the park offers a few different camping options, tent camping only. So they have campsites with water, and they're easily accessible from the parking lot, and they have primitive campsites that require about a one- to three-mile rugged hike to get to. Oh, so it was, I remember the campsites. Are the, were they all tent? Yeah, it says here, tent only. I mean, tent I camping okay, only. Okay. Yep. My me- I remember there being campsites. I just thought they—I remember nobody was there uh, when we visited. Yeah. Um, it was quiet. We, we went during— uh, It might have been 21. Towards the end of uh, COVID and things were opening up. And so it was still, things were still kind of sparse. So there there wasn't a whole lot, which leads us kind of sort of into number nine. We didn't get to go see because it's part of the national park system, which at that time the national parks were still closed because of COVID. Yep. Um, and this is, number nine, is visit a presidential ranch. And you can go out and tour the Lyndon B. Johnson Ranch. And Lyndon B. Johnson was literally born, raised, died, and buried at his Texas ranch in Stonewall, Texas. Um, and, and the ranch offers a, a few different kind of fun things that you could do. And this is something that Randy and I really, really wanted to do. But again, couldn't because it was during the COVID weird time when things in the, the national parks were still closed. So, um, But the ranch offers uh, driving tours that are self-guided. So they, they give you kind of a map and things to stop and see. And you stop along that self-guided driving tour 
to view different things in Johnson's childhood home. So some of the things that you can see are Johnson's settlement, which was one of the original homes on this settlement of the Johnson family, which was pretty cool. Um, You can see uh, the presidential plane. Uh, When I just recently checked the website, though, they said that the airplane hangar and plane were temporarily closed because they are doing some updates and changing it around so it'll be a a more enjoyable experience for the visitor. Um, And then they have a a pretty extensive visitor center. So the visitor center has exhibits and artifacts, the history of of Lyndon B. Johnson and Lady Bird Johnson. Uh, it, It gives their story. It shows like, you know, clothing, different things like that of them and their lives. Oh, and then there's also actually his childhood home. Uh, is not specifically on that property, but it's a short drive away and you can go over and they do tours of his childhood home. Um, so yeah, that is the the Lyndon B. Johnson Ranch, the yeah, LBJ we, Ranch. And we heard from several other uh, RVers that it was really a cool place yeah. to see. Mm-hmm. So like, like Callie said, we didn't get to see it. And we usually don't like to include things we didn't see, but we had heard it's such a big thing in the area. And we heard from several RVers that definitely go back and see yeah. it because it was definitely worth the time to go go visit there. So moving on to number eight, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to step back in time. Yes. So, and this is going and touring the Pioneer Museum. This place was actually super cool. And I actually recommend that if you go to Fredericksburg, that this is one of the first things you do because this Pioneer Museum gives the entire history of how Fredericksburg was founded, the family life of the original founders of the town, uh, the pact that was made with the Comanches through this uh, Musabach Comanche Treaty, um, and and it allowed these German immigrants to come into this Comanche territory and set up what is now Fredericksburg. Um, that they were able to do that uh, and be literally in hostile territory, but they were able to live very peacefully with this treaty. And it's actually said that this. This treaty is today still known as the only treaty with Native Americans that has never been broken. Yeah, so that that was pretty common. Uh, you know, the, the um, United States would make a treaty with some Indian group, and then they would break it, mm-hmm. uh, like the one, uh, I can't remember the name of the treaty, but for the um, uh, the Black Hills up there. Oh, they made a yeah, treaty, yeah. and as soon as the, the ink can't even dry, and people heard there was gold in the mountains, and so they went in there, and they sent Custer in there, to look and see if there really was gold. Mm-hmm. So, so it, very interesting. But that was made by the state of Texas, wasn't it? No, it was made by this guy. So um, The locals. Yeah, so I'm going to give okay. you a, a little bit of history here on Fredericksburg. So Fredericksburg was founded in 1846. And the, the town of Fredericksburg, what they were trying to do were get immigrants, German immigrants, into the area. And by promising them, hey, we're going to give you this land, this farm. It's going to be oh, great. That's right. You get, you know, so much acreage. And it's, oh, it's going to be amazing. Um, and it was literally this this German emigration company that promised all of these German immigrants these ownerships of these tracts of lands. And, and it was like $3.8 million acres of land but it was literally in the middle of Comanche hunting grounds like this land so these be- these this group was basically like oh yeah come and take this land it's going to be so great and then what happened is all of these german immigrants started coming in 
And they get dropped off on the coast, which is 200 miles away from their promised land. And this one guy basically steps up that was part of this company and was like, this is not cool. Like, you can't do this to people. You can't just promise them all this land, bring them over here, drop them off 200 miles away from where they're supposed to be and basically say good luck. Because this guy realized all of this land was in this hostile Comanche land. So this guy goes into the Comanche area and meets with the head tribe leaders and comes up with this treaty and basically says, hey, we will leave you guys alone if you can leave us alone. But will you please let us come in? I have all these people that were promised all this land. Can we come in and can we settle on this land? And that's where this Musabak Comanche Treaty was created. And they were able to come in and settle on this land. Look at you reciting history. I know. Who knew I had such talents? Yeah, I'm using the one pulling her into the history of different places. But I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Well, I just thought it was really interesting. Because the museum talks all about this. All about it. And then what's really cool at the museum as well is they have some of the original buildings. So they've built like a little village. Um, and some of the original buildings from like the mid 1800s are there and you can go through and see how these folks lived and there's artifacts in there like the homes and buildings are all set up like how they lived back there in the middle 1800s. Um, so it was just it was really, really interesting. It's it's not massively huge. It only covers about three and a half acres and it's right there off the main street in Fredericksburg, but definitely go see it first because you get this whole history of what these German immigrants went through to even get to this land and then to turn it into what you see Fredericksburg as today. So Callie actually did a very detailed write-up on uh, Fredericksburg in issue 10. So I want to bring that to everybody's attention that has all the back issues digitally. Uh, Obviously, issue 10 was not print, so we don't have that available as a back issue. But uh, if you had the digital back issues, read about it in issue 10. She did a great job. I think it was one of the best articles you've written. Thanks. Uh, uh, because you do go into a lot of the detail mm-hmm, about the I history do. and different things to do. So anyway, so definitely check that out on issue 10. So moving on to number seven, uh, take a stroll. Yes. So to say Fredericksburg is charming is like a severe understatement. Yes. And in, in, like downtown Fredericksburg is is, is literally Main Street. Um And everything you're going to want to see in downtown Fredericksburg is there on Main Street. But it has a lot of historic buildings. Um, You know, that Pioneer Museum that I was just talking about is there off of Main Street. So you can see all of those historic buildings. But there is you can just spend a whole day walking up and down the street. There are so many cute little shops. You have to go into the Christmas store. Like, I think it's a sin if you go into a German <laughs> town and don't hit up a Christmas store. Because German, like Germany, is known for their Christmas markets. So you have to go to a Christmas store. And we did. We went to the cute little Christmas store in town. And we got these just like little precious handmade cloth ornaments. Because, you know, back in the day, what did you have? You didn't have plastic. You know, glass was too expensive. So people would hand make their own little ornaments out of cloth. And it's sweet. So we've got these cute little cloth ornaments that go on our Christmas tree every year. Um, And then... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yes. no, finish your thought. I, I was going to say something. I don't finish remember thought. my thought now. Oh, my thought is gone. Thought? It's gone. It's because you're sober. 
Well, slightly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you haven't picked up uh, what uh, uh, Callie's alluding to is, this is a big German town, so you're going to find a lot of German restaurants. Did I not say that? Well, well, you know, you said that the Germans come over, and but but I don't it's think it's a German. Fredericksburg is a German town. Yeah, I don't there. think you officially like pointed that out that oh. this is a heaven. Like Cincinnati is a big German. There was a big German community in the Cincinnati area, but that is nothing like Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg, yeah. the whole the whole town, town is, is German. a German. It is town. German, and so you're going to get a lot of the uh, Wiener Schnitzel and get the sauerkraut and oh, the, all yeah. the rest. We we stopped it. We just pulled in. We were hungry one day. We pulled into this uh, German restaurant. Oh, don't talk about it. Oh, you we put get, that on there? Wait, yes. So <laughs> after you're done taking a stroll. <laughs> the, the, so I'm retiring from this podcast. Next week, it's going to be only It's Callie. just going to be me. It's great. I'm going to have these epic introductions of myself. Oh, all the fun Every things Every time I, I try say. to give some value to this conversation, you, you stop me. If you read ahead to number you six. You just gave it to me like seven minutes ago. You had seven minutes to read through it. <laughs> 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 and again, uh, we said this one of our other uh, episodes. This is a microcosm of our marriage right every here. Day. Every, every day. Every day. I we love are this not man. acting any different on this microphone than we are every day when we are not in front of the microphone, right? It's very true. <laughs> whether very we're true. driving down the road, whether we're sitting here making dinner, this is how we act. This so. is us. So uh, let me finish number seven, and then we can go on to number six, right. and then you can talk about Finish that. taking your stroll. Okay, so take the stroll. Go into the Christmas shops. There's all kinds of restaurants. The museums are located on the main strip. There's tasting rooms that you can pop in and out of. There's a couple of little bars. Um, just FYI, Fredericksburg is not known for a super happening nightlife. Uh, things in the sidewalks, things kind of close <laughs> up about 10 p.m. Yeah, uh, we, had, we had a couple... Uh, after dinner cocktails one night, we're like, ooh, let's go out and we're see like, what's going what on. We're like, what is there and to do? And they're like, well, you can go over to such and such place well, for we karaoke. Found a, yeah, we found a karaoke bar. It was and we ended up the Velvet like Lounge. Is that what it was called? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Velvet Lounge. Oh, wow. I was like, ooh, what a fun, tacky little name. Well, we sang our hearts out till about midnight, oh, 1 o'clock. No, then... no, 10 o'clock. It rolls up at 10 o'clock. That's when it closed? Yes. We were... Yes. Of course, we did the... Uh, we, <laughs> we had done uh, some winery tours. Yeah, that's right. We did the winery tour all day, and then we were drinking in the bar. So I, yeah. I, I promise you, we're not alcoholics. I swear. It just seems like alcohol is a big part of <laughs> every one of our podcasts. <laughs> well, except for when we were training. We're not training for a fitness competition anymore. Yeah, we're losers. So, uh, we're so we, losers. We, we were supposed to do a uh, show in a week. Yeah. And we just have been traveling too much to to keep focused. And now uh, we were at the Hershey show for almost 10 days. and mm-hmm. Couldn't work before out. Before that, we went to Mexico. And and uh, now we're heading, uh, next week, we're heading to Nashville and then out to Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. so it's just really difficult to get the diet and the workout so schedule. So we are losers. Yeah, we're we losers. Um, suck at life. So if and you see us quit. at the Tampa show or the next year's Hershey, <laughs> just say, you're a loser. Be like, oh, you losers. All right, so we're okay. ready to go to Guten Appetite. Yes, now we can talk about the restaurants. All right, so number six is Guten Appetite. Yes, that, that's German. Yeah, no, I know that. <laughs> wow. She's sober. I am. I legit am. Ish. Um, so we've talked about how this town is huge, huge. I mean, it's a German town. It's a German town. And the food, the authentic crazy authentic German food is incredible and just find a German restaurant go into it eat you are not going to be disappointed we picked old German bakery and restaurant it's 
crazy so highly rated. the name of it. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have I have all my notes over here. You but see all but this? I don't think we did any research. I think we were just like, which no, one do you want to go right. to? And we just, and just stepped into that one. We did, and that was the whole day. So when I say, you know, take a stroll, we were literally strolling up and down the streets doing what I suggested, which is go into the different shops, check everything out, and then we're like, hey, let's grab some food. Oh, this place looks pretty good. And we walked into the old German bakery and restaurant. Now, they're only open for breakfast and lunch, and we were in there maybe like one-ish. I think it was a yeah late yeah. lunch. And so we ended up having a late lunch, and the food was incredible, and the place was packed. Like, we had, oh, a, yeah. we had a short wait uh, before we could get in, and the food is just what I would consider like amazing German comfort food. And then they have a bakery in there, so after we were done, we went over to the bakery and picked up uh, quite a few... Uh, German baked goods like strudel. Oh, and, that's right. Oh, you walked out with all those bags of uh, uh, sweets. And I, I don't even think we made it to the end of the block before those were all gone. Like so, they were incredible. So you said something I want to analyze for a minute. Okay. You said uh, German comfort food. Is there any healthy German food? I don't think so. I need to find a German and ask them that. Yeah, because I don't think there it, is. Yeah. Mashed potatoes and uh, like Polish sausage. So- well, Polish is Polish um, sausage. But yeah, like... Wiener schnitzel, we'll call Wiener schnitzel, yeah. I mean, so you're looking at sausages and potatoes. And that's literally what we had. We had like cabbage oh, and sausage and potatoes. Oh, that's right. Those, uh, deep fried potato, like bread uh, thingy. What, yeah. what am I thinking of? What are uh, those like called? Like potato pancakes. Potato pancake. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I was thinking of. Yeah. Those are so good. Oh, they are so good. And then the, and the sauerkraut and... Oh, it, it was just amazing. I don't know. There, we, we have pictures of it. There was a whole bunch of deliciousness on the plate, and that deliciousness went into our mouths and into our bellies, and we were happy. Yeah, if you've never tried a potato pancake, oh, my gosh. Oh. It, it, you know, f- f- first of all, some places will put too much grease in it. It would taste yeah. a lot very greasy like, and, yeah. and not very good. We've got a place here locally in Cincinnati that mm-hmm. does that, and it's not that great. But the ones we had down there in Fredericksburg was amazing. Oh, it was so good. So good. So it'll I, stick to your ribs, though. Oh, it does, and that's why it's good old German comfort food. Oh, so yeah. find a German restaurant, eat at a German restaurant. You are not going to be disappointed, and if you are, don't blame it on me. Guten Appetit. Guten Appetit. Tis the season to be giving, and here at RV Destinations, we are in the super giving spirit. Yep, we're in a jolly mood here, and most of you know that uh, that have been with us some time that in December we give our best discounts of the year. We do, we do, and we are giving 30% off any of our subscriptions out there. I'm, I'm kind of feeling like Santa. Ho, ho, ho. That's right, and you got to act. So this is going to go on from November 1st till the end of December. So January 1st, we will turn off this code. This is not a code that's going to stay on all year. Uh, this is not kind of sales gimmick. Uh, you've got basically two months to act. So you better act now by going out to www.rvdestinationsmagazine.com forward slash subscribe and put in code HOLIDAY30. That is HOLIDAY30 in all caps at checkout. And by using code HOLIDAY30, you get 30% off any of our subscriptions. You don't want to miss out on this. Come and be inspired. Come and join us, y'all. All right, we are moving on to number five. And this is another one I'm kind of sad we didn't get to do. And the reason was because we were there before the season. And this is called Bats Galore. And I don't mean baseball bats. I mean those winged creatures that fly around at night. 
And what this is, it is Old Tunnel State Park. And it's this old, I think it's an old railroad tunnel. It might be which is obviously not being used for rail cars anymore. But it's it's this tunnel. They've made a whole state park around it because there is this huge colony of Mexican free-tail bats that call this tunnel home from May to the end of October. And we were actually in Fredericksburg, I think it was March or April. And so we were there before the season started. And there's pretty much, I mean, there's, you can go to the park and like, walk around and maybe have a little picnic, but there's really not a whole lot to do outside of this park other than see these bats. And so you have to make a reservation. You have to get tickets anytime from May 1st to October 31st. And then after 5 p.m., as the sun starts to go down, all of these bats take flight because they're going out to get their meal for the evening. And it's just thousands and thousands and thousands of bats that come out of this tunnel, fly up into the sky and take off. And it's like this incredible, incredible sight to see. We had quite a few people tell us, oh my gosh, if you can do it, if you're there while the bat season is happening, you've got to go experience this. And unfortunately, we were there before the bat season started, so we couldn't see it. Yeah, but we were sad about that. Yeah. It, and, and you are right. It, it, it is a old train tunnel. Okay. When European settlers moved into the area in the mid-1900s, they needed a reliable way to connect nearby Fredericksburg to San Antonio. The big hill stood in the way, and that's the big hill. Since trains weren't quite powerful enough to climb the this ridge, the rail line needed a tunnel. But the cost of breaching the big hill thwarted their plans. Oh, uh, this is uh, and this is on thwarting. the uh, how dare they tpwd.texas.gov. Uh, by 1913, uh, locals raised enough money to build the tunnel. So workers bored 920 feet through solid limestone. Mm. That's the length of two and a half football fields. Jeez. Around 100 workers, probably local laborers of German descent, dug out most of the tunnel by hand. During its construction, the tunnel became a popular tourist attraction, much like it is today. Very interesting. Yep. And then here's some fun facts on bats. Learn this literally today. I was today years old when I learned that. Today years old. Today years old that Mexican free-tail bats can eat their weight in bugs in one night. And that entire. What? Yes. That's crazy. So, the, and I, I think about this because we have like little bat homes in our neighborhood, like on the telephone poles, which I'm so appreciative now because if one bat can eat its body weight and those bugs, especially Does, those mosquitoes, I am all for having bats. You said a bat home is a, like Batman's home? Batman! Yeah, exactly. Just like that. And here's another fun fact. So, that entire colony of bats there in that tunnel, are you ready for this? can consume 25 tons of moths in one night. That's insane. 25 tons of moths. And Randy's not even listening. He's already on to the no, next I, thing. No, I'm not. You're not responding, though. That's huge. Like, 25 tons. How much does our RV weigh? How many tons? Well, it's uh, about 40-something thousand pounds. That's about 20-something tons. Okay, so the weight... So think about that. This colony of bats can eat... The weight of our RV in bugs in one night. Boom. Mind blown. 
I'm over here. I'm like mind blown and you just aren't participating in my mind blowedness. If you all could see him right now, he's over there like on his little <laughs> laptop scrolling <laughs> on to his next fact. Like, no, I I'm don't not. Care no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just reading this fact much. about uh, bats. And, uh, where does Batman go to the bathroom? In his bat suit. The bat room. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best dad joke That's I've got all day. That's the greatest dad joke all ever. Right. So, so that was the best dad joke that ever. That was so good. Okay, so number four, are you ready to Let's bathe an elephant? That's right. I said bathe an elephant. Okay, this was the you know this I know you loved other. the I, and I yeah I know you loved. Wait, is this the uh, no no no? So this is this is number four. We didn't do this one because instead we did number two. Uh, you, so okay. yes, okay. So there are two big game experience a big game animal experiences around Fredericksburg which was to me just mind-blowing and this one is an elephant experience and it's called the preserve it's just north of the uh, Lyndon and B Johnson Ranch so it's it's out that way near Stonewall Texas um, and the preserve is home to Asian elephants and these folks there are are truly dedicated to the conservation of and the education about the Asian elephant. Um, so you can go there and you can book. It's about an hour and a half experience. And it's a very immersive experience. Again, we didn't do this one because there are two different options. And we ended up, we couldn't get into this one because this one books so crazy oh, far in advance. Oh, that's right. We even tried to pull the media we card. They wouldn't well, no, they were they were renovating. They were changing their whole program. Okay. Because we, we called and said, hey, we're with the magazine. We want to feature it in our mm-hmm. magazine. And uh, they said, as much as we would love to have you come in, we're renovating the whole thing and doing things we just can't yeah. get in. So, so we couldn't get into, right. into it, which was okay because we ended up doing the other experience, which we'll talk about later. Um, but they, it, this is a, a very immersive experience. So you get to see how elephants are cared for, the conservation of them, how they live there at the preserve, who takes care of them, like the day in and day out habits of these Asian elephants including you get to help bathe an elephant, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Um, And they recently added some experiences. So they have an Australian walkabout exhibit where you can go into this area and they have kangaroos, they have wallabies, they have all different species of Australian birds. And you even have the opportunity in there to touch some of the animals, which I thought was super fun and cool because it's not every day you get to, you know, hang out with an elephant or hang out with a kangaroo and then get to like touch them. Why wouldn't the elephant ride the school bus? Why? Because its trunk wouldn't fit under the seat. (laughs) You're so cute. You're so stinking cute. I'm full of them today. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. So I'm going to walk you into this one because I want you to share your experience on number three, which is visit the Pacific War Museum. Um, I'm going to talk about what the museum is made up of. And then Randy's going to tell you like, kind of what it's all about because for him it just makes more sense <laughs> <laughs> because he because he's so much into this type of history and unfortunately I'm not okay so the museum is pres- comprised of the George H.W. Bush Gallery and this is where the main exhibits are located and where most visitors are going to start their visit 
And then the Admiral Nimitz Gallery is located in a historic hotel. So that is all about Admiral Nimitz. Um, and it's just like a couple doors down, I believe. There's a memorial courtyard there on the grounds of the Pacific War Museum, a Japanese Garden of Peace. They have outdoor artifacts, a carrier aviation exhibit, a PT boat exhibit, a living history battlefield, and then several museum stores. So there is a lot to see here. And I want to say, babe, we spent probably half the day going through the museum. Don't, it was it was honestly think? one of the best World War II museums I've ever seen. And and you know, we were we were somewhere, um, not in Texas. We were we were somewhere and someone told me to go see this museum in Fredericksburg. And oh, it was that's way right. it was years before we ever made it to Fredericksburg and they said go see the Pacific War Museum. It's amazing. And I, I, I kind of feel like it was maybe New York City. We might have been in the city, and somebody told us that. It was somewhere. I don't remember for sure it was New York. But uh, somewhere somebody told us that. And then we heard it a second time mm-hmm. that this museum was incredible and uh, one of the best ones out there. And sure enough, when we went, it was hands down one of the best uh, museums I've ever seen about uh, World War II. Now, it focuses yeah. only on the Pacific Theater mm-hmm. because that's what uh, Admiral Nimitz was all about was the Pacific Theater. And it just, all the artifacts, and it, and it kind of breaks it down, if I remember right, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but it, it, it goes by, it's chronologically, it's chronologically right, yeah. right, but it talks about each battle yes. along the way, and it has artifacts from those battles, mm-hmm. and just, it was just really, it's just really eye-opening. It, you know, there's letters from soldiers yeah. uh, that, that had passed, that had sent home to the, the families, They're- it just really brings it to life. It, it reminded me a lot of the uh, 9-11 Museum in New York. Yeah, you know, when you go and yeah. you see a lot of artifacts of people like the that personal, personal, right? The touches, shoes and yeah. the purses that were found in the rubble. Mm-hmm. So it, it was very much like that, where yeah. you saw, you know, these young soldiers that have given their life uh, in in defense of you know the country, and, and so and writing uh, letters home about how scared they were, right? You know, and and it was right there in front of us, um, and and that's what I appreciated about it because I I don't. You know, unfortunately, I learned what they taught me in school, which was not a whole lot on on this war slash battle. Uh, but it does go chronologically. So it, you go through Pearl Harbor, then the Doolittle Raid, Midway up to Iwo Jima and Okinawa, and then the end of the war. And each of those have galleries about each of those battles, how they started, the key players, the victories, the losses, they have exhibits of historical items from those soldiers that have been donated by their families. You know, so like Randy said, I mean, we reread the letters home. We saw the the uniforms that were worn in these battles. We saw guns that were used in the battles. Um, one of the things that kind of like stuck out to me were these Japanese souvenirs that were made by U.S. soldiers, totally fake, but they would sell them to unsuspecting buyers so that they could get money to buy like cigarettes and and other things that they wanted. So they would literally just make up these little Japanese souvenirs and those were there on display. So it was it was for me it was incredibly informative to see how all of that tied together. Yeah, so if you have any interest in in world history uh, as far as uh, the wars go, you have to go there. You have to do it. You cannot miss this. Stay as long as you need to stay to go through this. And, and you know what was even interesting is Callie's not a big history buff, as we've brought out on the show many, many times. But she actually was her. She was blown yeah. away as well. I truly you know, was. She, and you told me after we came out that that was just very. 
uh, it made an impact on, on you, you know, and seeing it, all that stuff. And it did, because for the first time in my entire life, here it was laid out chronologically. Because, you know, I, I you've seen the you movies. You hear about this raid right, and that raid. Right. You don't know, like the Doolittle raid right. and this, but you don't know chronologically how it fits in the bigger picture. Exactly. And like why it happened. Right. Um, you know, and then, you know, there's movies out there, you know, the Pearl Harbor movie. And so you see these little movies of all these different, like, little one-off events of this big, huge event. Um, but to have it all pieced together for me was like, oh, okay, so that's why this popped up. That's why they put that movie out. That's why, yep. you know, you. for me, I got to, to piece it together. I, I would say I would probably agree with what that gentleman told me, that it's probably one of the best uh, World War II museums. The only one that might be comparable is we were in Normandy, oh. and we went to that museum. Wow. Uh, that, that was very, very powerful, that one too, but... But this one's great. I mean, they had it. Yeah. It was done up nice. It was it was just really, mm-hmm. really very professional and just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And and when we were there again, it was kind of during the whole COVID thing. Um, so there, you had to make reservations. They had timed entries. I I don't know if it's that way today. So if it's something that you're interested in doing, definitely check out their website and see what their requirements are. Yeah. So if you don't care anything about Enchanted Rock, wines, German food or anything, go here just to see the (laughs) museum. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I'm not kidding that if you're into World War history, World War II history specifically, even any kind of war like U.S. history, this is the museum to go see. So I, I think we've uh, communicated uh, yeah. pretty well that you need to go you see need this to go. museum. And it, it's a big museum. Very, yes. very big. You're going to spend most of the day there. Yes, for sure. All right. So moving on to number two. Yes. This. Oh, my gosh. Two. It was amazing. <laughs> this was so. This was a different kind of awesomeness, but yes. it was awesome. This would personally have. It was tough for me to decide between number two and number one. This is. Okay. Number two is Tickle a Rhino. Yes. Tickle a rhino. I literally mean that one to two horned massive beast with leather thick skin. Tickle a rhino. Right, right. So we we couldn't get into the elephant, um, mm-hmm. the elephant farm. What, what, what are we calling it? Elephant. Um, it was. They like call it the preserve. So okay, it's an, an elephant, elephant preserve. preserve. We couldn't get into that. So Callie continued to search and found there was a a rhino and giraffe. Um, sanctuary. Sanctuary. Yes. Like what? Yeah. In so Texas? In Texas, like right here, again, not too far outside of Fredericksburg. And this is called Long, Long Neck Manor. So the guy that created, oh, I just lost my train of thought on this baby at Disney. Um, Animal Kingdom. Okay. The guy. Well, yeah. Yeah. So the guy who I created, I don't remember his name either, but the guy who created Animal Kingdom, like the animal safari that you go through there at Disney. That's this guy. He opened up Long Neck Manor and does conservation efforts for giraffes and rhinos. And so there on this property, there's um, when we were there, there were three rhinos. Or I'm sorry, three giraffes and two rhinos. And they were expanding. And what is cool about this place is that not only do you get these experiences with the animals, but they also have a guest suite, like this 1,200 square foot and gorgeously appointed, like <laughs> two bedroom guest suite uh, that overlooks, has a huge picture window that overlooks the giraffe barn. Yeah, it's like on the second level of this uh-huh. very modern, beautiful barn. But you look eye to eye with these giraffes yes. in this farm, and it was expensive. Oh, it was expensive. Remember and we it asked was, him the cost? It was yeah. something ridiculous, like twelve, fifteen hundred dollars a night. Yeah, and like it's that. booked out, like he said, like a year and a half, two right. years in advance. 
So right. they're they're like, if you went into this thing, you got a book like so far in advance. Didn't we get to meet the guy, or did we just he we waved at not. us? Okay, I think he, he waved. He waved at us. At us. Yeah. That's what it was. Because okay. he lives there on the property. Right. Right. Yeah. So he lives there on the property, and then the girls that were showing us around. And what was incredible is they do tours as well, but they only limit it to 10 people. The day we happened to pick, it was just Randy and I. So we were literally the only two people. It just worked out that way. So we got all this cool kind of special treatment, but we got got to see the guest suite because it was actually not rented out that day. But it is cool because you're up on the second floor. And so these giraffes come by this window and we'll just like look at the window. And there you are sitting on a couch looking at these giraffes. And it, it was so cool. Well, and you got to tell the story about tickling the rhino. I so know, there, I'm there's there. actually a story to yes. that. Yes. Okay. So we're out and we get to have the whole experience with the rhinos first. So they bring it's it's Fred and Barney. Yes, like the Flintstones. So Fred and Barney. Um, and they bring each out into this area where you're able to like safely reach through the fence and, and these girls that work there show you like where you can pet and scratch the rhino. Um, and they, they literally designed this whole thing so the rhino can stick his head in an area where you can safely pet it and not worry about getting harmed. So we got to scratch their heads and then she's like, this girl goes, did you know that rhinos are ticklish? And I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm going to let you tickle a rhino. I'm like, okay. So the little sp- like space of skin if you're like looking at a dog and you know like up where their belly kind of meets their back leg that back in that area same area on a rhino and she's like stick your hand here you're gonna feel his skin is like velvet soft which it was it was crazy this one little fold was velvet soft she's like just start scratching really good and so I start scratching this guy, his little tail curls up and like a curly cue and he lifts his back leg off the ground. It was the cutest thing I had ever seen in my life. So this literally rhino is like pirouetting like a ballerina with ballerina with his little tail curled up in the air, standing on three legs because I was tickling his ticklish spot. Yeah. It was it was incredible. And I was just like, OK, life is amazing. Like done mic drop this was so cool yeah it was cool so you had this big beast uh, yeah. of a thing and, and, uh, and seeing you... like the um the humanism i don't know yeah, if that's a word yeah. uh, Just of, like the, of the rhino uh, the personalities and like right. one of the things you know you can never get close to a rhino like that even at a zoo um and she was like you know we we're taking pictures she's like get close to his eye and take a picture of his eye the most beautiful eyes, like blue, just bright blue speckles. I mean, his eyes were beautiful. So it was just so cool to have this experience. Um, you know, they fed the rhinos. We weren't allowed to feed them, but we were allowed to scratch them in We fed areas. the giraffe, though. We, we did, yeah, and we I'm getting to, to that. Okay, so I'm the, rushing you. I know, I know. This is like my story here. I've got to rush her, otherwise these would be two-hour oh, podcasts. There'll be 14 hours talking about rhinos. So then we're done with the rhinos and then we get to go over and feed the giraffes. When when I thought what I thought was really interesting too is she said that some giraffes love to be like pet and scratched, um, but the three that they had were not big fans of that. So she's like, even though you can pet and scratch the rhinos, you can't pet and scratch the giraffes, but you can feed them. So we stood on one side of the fence and held up, you know, carrots and celery sticks and uh, romaine lettuce and and they would come over and grab it from us with these big huge crazy long tongues and you know I was just laughing and giggling and then we had a painting done so you can get paintings done by either the rhinos or the draft and we chose the draft so what they did is they 
uh, took a canvas and put um, non-toxic paint on it that was, you know, totally safe, smeared it on there, and then you put some, like, we put some carrots on it, and then you hold the whole thing up, and the giraffe would go to eat the carrots and smear the paint everywhere. But we got one from the, um, from Rhino, too, because they painted it on the side, and they put the thing on the side. We didn't. We ended up just purchasing the giraffe. I have it downstairs on the bookshelf. I could go down and show you. I'm not sure if that's true, folks. Oh, it's totally true. Next podcast, you're going to hear how true it was. (laughs) I'm not No, I I do remember the, I do remember the giraffe, but I thought we got one before we left, like, Let's go get one with the rhino real quick. They did both. No, we ended up not doing the rhino one, but I but that's how that's they true. did it. They would literally put paint on the rhino's hiney and then splop. Okay, splop. maybe she told us the story. And that's yes. why I stick in my head. Yeah. So so yeah, incredible experience again at Long Neck Manor. Highly, highly recommend it or the preserve. Just again, like where else are you going to get that kind of up close and personal big game? experience it or, was incredible and we and we learned that it was uh you know a lot of the uh, zoos would uh put these animals on loan with this mm-hmm. uh because they you know either were overcrowded at the zoo or whatever be the reason they put them on loan and and there's no charge for it right they said they just had to feed them and take care of mm-hmm. them and they uh you know frequently had vet visit and all that to check on the health of the animals so yeah. very and, very cool and it was cool because i think it was kind of like vice versa too because i think the three giraffes I don't know if actually maybe they didn't own them. I think I they think were on they, loan. I think they might have owned one or something like okay. that. But but yeah, most of them I think were on loan because they said they had received some from Cincinnati. Oh, that's if you right. Remember, uh, yeah. they, I don't I don't think any of them were from Cincinnati. But they said in the past, you know, they like Cincinnati would say we need we we, we need a giraffe. Get, <laughs> no, no, we we need to get rid of a giraffe, yeah. <laughs> and so they would send it down uh, to Fredericksburg. So yeah. anyway, very cool. cool. So very now cool. moving on to the number one yes. thing to do in Fredericksburg. Texas. Uh, Callie, you want to give us a roll? I sure do. Wine. Wine. Go get wine. Wine. You can't not, can't not, you can't not. I literally just said you cannot not, you cannot not go to Fredericksburg and not get wine. I don't like wine and I drank wine all day for two days. Yes. And it was amazing. The wine there, again, there's over a hundred different wineries and vineyards in these hills surrounding Fredericksburg. So you can absolutely find a place to visit and go check out. They do tours. They do shuttle buses. Uh, The campground that we stayed at uh, was like right smack dab in the middle of them. So you could actually walk uh, to a couple of the wineries that were nearby. So the ones that we ended up visiting and really, really liked, um, and we picked out because they were a little bit closer to the campground, but then again, ended up really, really enjoying them. And that was Fat Ass Ranch and Winery. Oh, that was a good one. Yes. They had the really sweet one they, I liked. They did. They had a lot of sweet wines. And you're going to find every type of wine here. And it's not just uh, here being in this area. It's not just Texas wines. They have wines from literally all over the world, which I thought was really, really interesting. And I'm trying to find Yeah, the one that had the here. safari feel to it, um, they had some from Africa or something, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So th- there's African wines, French wines, Italian wines. Um, oh, I said African wines. Yeah, there, there's literally a little bit. Here we go. Uh, French wine, Chilean wine, Texan wine, right. South African wine. So it's a little bit of everything. And like the fat ass winery was kind of like in a big old pole barn, very industrial feeling, kind of laid back. We started there on the first day of our wine tour. We started at fat ass. Yeah. Yeah. So we did 
uh, fat ass. And then we did do the wild seed farm and vineyard. So this is the the world's largest wildflower farm on top of being a vineyard. Uh, that's and why that's, you don't want me to say it anymore. Yes. And, and the sommelier there, um, she did a fantastic job. Because she was the one, babe, that was like, okay, so you like bourbon. Here's a wine that I think you'll really like. Yes, they had a wine that was soaked in a bourbon, mm-hmm. um, bourbon. Uh, what was it called? Bourbon barrels. Bur- bourbon barrel, right. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it, but it <laughs> It was yeah. interesting. But it was neat. I mean, she was very, very yeah. informative. Very attentive to like yeah. what I liked. Yeah, yeah. for so, sure. And that place was really cool because it was huge. So they had like, almost think of it like a big garden center. And then they had the wildflower flower farm, which when we were there, they had just recently been planted. So they weren't obviously in bloom yet. It was still early, early spring. Um, but they had like kind of like the garden center, a big, a big store. Um, and then they had the wine tasting room in the back. And I think they had like light appetizers you could get. You could do tours of the wildflower farm if you wanted to. So that place was really cool. Um, we did the Texas Heritage Vineyard. And this is the one place that they actually grow their wine and process it on site as well. How do you grow wine? Did I say grow wine? Yeah, you did say grow wine. Let I just said if there's like bottles that come out off of they a They do. They do. So if you plant a wine bottle at the right time of the season, it will sprout a new <laughs> one. Totally. I, I can't wait yeah. to see that. I know. Okay. So they, sorry, they grow their own grapes and process it there on the, on the same, at the same facility and make the wine. Gotcha. So that, and then the other one that I thought was super fun was Six Shooter Cellars. Um, this place was super fun. And this is where they had that mead that I ended up like really, really but liking. That wasn't a, that wasn't necessarily they didn't produce their own wine. They, did they not. just had wine from all over the country. They did. And, but but they didn't we get a fun glass or something we from there? We did. Some fun so, glasses. Yeah. So this was at the end of I think day two of tasting. Um, Randy had stopped and tapped out and I just kept on a going. So I was feeling pretty good at that point. And they have these really cool tasting glasses that I don't I don't even like I don't even know how to describe the shape. Just cool glasses. They were cool glasses. And I was like, hey, can I have one of those glasses? And she did drop her voice down like, like, hey, Hey, could I have a couple of those glasses? Could I have a couple of glasses? (laughs) And she was like, "Uh, this is what people like drink out of, you know, for their tasting. And I said... Yep, I don't care. I'll take a couple of those glasses. Well, they, she said, you okay. know, as part of the package, as part of the twenty bucks, no, you got the glasses it wasn't. there, didn't you? No, no, I asked for them. And some of them did that though. Some of, some them, of them, did. them included the glasses that yeah. you drank out of as part of your uh, twenty dollars or twenty five dollar right. tasting tour. Yep. Nope, not this one. Okay. So I nabbed those glasses. So definitely, and and we had visited some other places. Um, We visited one where we got the South African wine, which was really, really good. We visited another place that was like super swanky um, and just beautiful. It felt like you were driving into this massive estate. A lot of these places will have live music. Some of them will have like light hors d'oeuvres, cheese trays, meat meat trays, things like that to enjoy with a wine tasting. So they really do make it like a, a whole experience. You're not just like driving from location to location or your shuttle's taking you from spot to spot. 
you know, chugging six glasses of wine and then moving on to the next place. It's it's a fun experience. All right, yeah. So that yes. wraps up Fredericksburg, Texas, uh, getting around. Everything's pretty spread out. You know, other than yeah. downtown, when she said take a stroll, that's all walkable. Of course, you can park your car and walk around downtown. But to get to these wineries, you're going to have to have a car to drive between. I, I, I think there's Uber there, but there was only like one or two Uber drivers. And so yeah. if it gets real late, you're not going to get a driver. But and there's also some shuttles, I believe, there with some of the wineries. Shuttles. Yeah, the, some of the wineries and some of the RV parks as well will offer shuttles. Oh, and that's there's right. And there's tours. So if you're like, I got to do this, but we're both big, huge wine drinkers and you need that designated driver, do a tour because they'll take you to several different wineries. You can drink to your heart's content and know you're going to get back safely. Yeah, so get around. Uh, definitely um, definitely uh, get a driver and drive responsibly. But now, now as far as campgrounds, there, there's quite a few. In the, and there's honestly, I'm looking at Google here. Uh, did we stay at Fredericksburg RV Park? Is that where we stayed? Um, oh, I just had it. Where'd it go? Oh, I literally just looked at anyway, it. Anyway, there's a lot of highly. Well, she's Bending looking at Oaks. Bending Oaks. Bending is Oaks where is where we stayed. Because it's and 21 that, and over. You know, that wasn't an amazing campground, but it was right there in the heart of everything, which is what it we was. liked. It, well, it wasn't in the heart of everything, but it was shortly. You know, uh, it was next two or three to the, miles right. from from downtown Fredericksburg. Yeah, it was it was super close to downtown Fredericksburg. We were really close to the Wildflower Place. Like most of the vineyards that I had mentioned, we were very very close to those vineyards, um, which was nice. So that if you do have a des- designated driver, you know you're not you're not driving all over God's creation. Well, and the, you know honestly, I'm looking at the campgrounds here, and these are very highly rated, like Oakwood RV Resort, four point five out of three hundred thirty eight reviews. The vineyards of Fredericksburg. RV Park, 4.5 out of 367. Hill Country RV Park, Bending Oaks, 4.2. She just said that one. Pelican Grove, uh, 4.8 stars. Texas Wine Country, Yellowstone Park, 4.3. La Rock RV and Horse Camp, 5.0. I I mean, so these are some great... These are honestly... Lady Bird Johnson Municipal Park, 4.6 stars, Mm -hmm. 612 reviews. So these are some of the best reviews I've seen of any uh, area, honestly. Yeah, and and honestly, like, the area itself is just... It's so beautiful. I mean, again, you have these rolling hills and... And it, it's just a beautiful, beautiful area. You've got all the vineyards surrounding you. Fredericksburg is, is so quaint. You've got history there. You've got yeah. the vineyards. You've got the animals, the, the yeah, different refuges. Yeah, big game animals. You've refuge. got this refuge. Right? Yeah. Re- Re- refuge. Refuge. I think so. Is it like animal <laughs> I, refugees? I said that. I'm like, did I say that right? Anyway, yeah. so a lot to do in Fredericksburg. It's a fun, fun town. Uh, you, know, you know, you're only about an hour and a half away from Austin, uh, which Austin's a great town. I love Austin, Texas. Uh, and then you're, uh, you know, you can branch out from there and go to many different places. So that, so that kind of wraps up. Yeah. Um, that wraps up this podcast. Uh, again, we've got, uh, you know, if you're interested in a subscription, we've got a lot of all all these um, top tens we talk about, or most of these top tens, we, we dive into deep detail in the magazine. Yes. And, and so uh, we still have that, um, what is it, Podcast 20? Mm-hmm. It's going to give po- you 20% off of- Podcast 20. And that's 20% off of our digital or our print. You know, you can get a digital subscription for as low as twelve ninety nine. So- uh, and, and the cool thing about the digital side is you can search all the content. You can actually buy all the back issues. I think for twenty nine ninety nine, you get a year subscription and all the back issues. So all eighteen wow. back issues. So that's a pretty good deal. And if you use podcast twenty, that take that knocks twenty percent off of that twenty nine ninety nine. So it's literally like what twenty four twenty four bucks twenty five bucks. It, somewhere yeah, in there. I think it's twenty four twenty five. Uh, I mean that's a great deal because you have we just released issue eighteen, so that's seventeen back issues. 
that you would have access to digitally. And keep in mind, it's just digitally, we do not have back issues in paper format. Well, well, we haven't technically released issue eighteen yet. We we oh, ma- we mailed issue eighteen yes, to the to the, uh, the to the print copies. Issue eighteen isn't going to drop to the digital until October first. October first. We, we we mailed a little bit earlier because we're still trying to f- uh, feel out mailing times and print times with the yeah. digital. Or excuse me, with the print copy, and and so we mailed it out a little bit early, so they probably already have it in their hand, hands, whereas the digital won't get it till October first. So. Well, let's tell everybody where they can get a copy of this top ten PDF as well as other ones. Yep. You want to go ahead? Yeah, which is go to www.rvdestinationsmagazine.com forward slash top ten, and that's where you're going to be able to find the top ten PDF of this podcast as well as other top 10 PDFs that we put out there. That library literally is growing every single day. Yeah, we're, And we're, that's a free resource. Right. This is completely free. You know, we're going to get your email address. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll send you an email here and there, but we try not to spam people too much. Uh, but we just want you to love us. Yeah, we want you. We, we do try to get, we, we do two content emails a week, and then once in a while we'll throw in a, a third email a week, which which gives some kind of promotion or something like that. But we are building out that section of the website. You'll, you If you go to that, um, if you link over and go to that um, top 10 site, you'll see a picture of the United States. You can click on each state, and, and we're going to make that a resource for you where we're going to put all the preferred campgrounds. We're going to put any time we've written an article about that, any podcast we have, the top tens. So it's going to be a state-by-state resource for you, and we're slowly building that out. It's not available yet, but you you can go there and download your top tens right now, but uh, we're slowly building that out. So yeah. stay tuned for more, for more. Fun stuff to come there. So we, we want to become the trip advisor for the RVer for you. So we're going to come to you with all the destination resources that you need. Yes, we are. So we want to thank you all so much for joining us today as we talk about the top 10 things to do in the amazing Fredericksburg, Texas. So be sure to get out there and rate, review, and subscribe to or follow the RV Destinations podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to visit us at rvdestinationsmagazine.com forward slash subscribe to get your own schnazzy subscription to the magazine. I am Callie Beheimer here with Randy Beheimer, and we want to thank you all so much for listening in. Be safe. Safe travels, y'all. You've been listening to the RV Destinations Podcast. Hitting the road in an RV is one of the most popular things to do nowadays, and it's our passion to clue you in on where to go and what to see. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, visit our website at www.rvdestinationsmagazine.com. And from there, you'll get a more in-depth look at destinations for the RVer. Thanks for listening. Be safe out there. And we'll see you next time on the RV Destinations Podcast.